0: This is the Dancepreneuring Studio podcast, session number 226, from Breaking to Breaking Free with B-Boy Wicket. 5678. Hello everyone and welcome to session number 226 of the Dancepreneuring Studio podcast. My name is Annette Bone and the Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business. I get the joy and privilege of sharing my journey back into the dance world after a 20 plus year hiatus the lessons I've learned, the transformation I've experienced, and the wonderful creatives I've met along the way who share their stories, their ideas, strategies, and tactics to help move your life and your business forward. I am thrilled to share my guest today, who is one of the most charismatic, in the best way, individuals that I've met in a while. He and I had the honor of being the featured movement workshops at the most recent historic Ilipinos event in Los Angeles. Once again, I meet someone who's been a prominent figure in the dance space that I wasn't familiar with until I started doing my research and I discovered I had seen him in several things that I hadn't been aware of. His work ethic and honoring timing in his life is so inspirational. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did with the extraordinary B-Boy Wicket. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Now that you're warmed up, get ready to go full out with our feature presentation.
0: B-Boy Wicked has dedicated his life to hip hop culture and its positive impact on society. With a career spanning over 2 decades as a competitor, judge, and performer, he has become a role model for aspiring breakers worldwide and is currently a professor at Texas State University in Austin, as well as an advisor for Team USA breakers for the upcoming 2024 Olympics in Paris. He brings his years of experience as well as his extensive knowledge of hip hop culture to promote the art form of breaking through his workshops and training sessions globally. He also educates his students on the opportunities available to them as breaking continues to evolve as a sport and as an industry. You can check him out at thebreakbook.com and bboywicketbeats.com. I have a lot of questions and just. I'm just so excited and honored to have you. Wicked, are you ready to come on the podcast? Man, that was
1: an awesome intro. I appreciate that. That's a lot. I've done a lot, haven't I?
0: Yes, you have. (laughs) (laughs) Are you one of those people that can take time to celebrate your wins? Or do you feel like, what's the next thing? How, How do you look at all the things that you've accomplished?
1: You know, it's funny you ask that because I just try to enjoy the moment, be in the moment. And if I feel like I need to keep working and not really get lost in the party, I'm going to keep working. But um, I, I really don't realize the celebrations or everything that's going on until after the event is done or whatever is whatever I'm working on is finished. If I see uh, a clip online or on Instagram, on stories or somebody posting something and I see like something from the Renegade's 40th anniversary, it kind of baffles me because I'm like, did that just happen that just happened (laughs) i I mean once i hit the ground we hit the ground running and and we just you know we just in the moment and we just try to uh express our our uh experience through through breaking through music or, or workshops whatever it is and and we just live in the moment that's it
0: Speaking of living in the moment, all these interesting mm. moments recently, and I'm I'm kind of going in order a little bit, but um, since you mentioned it, the 40th anniversary of 40th anniversary of Renegade Rockers, tell me a little bit about that. And I know that coincided with your birthday as well, and so I, we would love to hear
1: about that since yeah, it's such longevity. It, it's, uh, wow, 40 years. Uh, um, I mean, I got down with the Renegade Rockers in 1993. And um, celebrating 40 years is just crazy when you say it out loud because the preparation, even the preparation, it it was all good, really. There was no mishaps. There was no drama. There was, I mean, everything worked out. But what was really cool is my birthday happened to be on a Saturday, September 30th, and I was thinking, I think we might do the anniversary on September 30th. It'd be a great excuse to, to go back home to San Francisco and to celebrate the anniversary. So it just it just worked out.
0: <laughs> How many people were there? Like what, um, there were some battles and
1: things going on as well? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I would say 300, 400 people maybe. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, I, I told people on the mic, I said, Welcome to the Renegade Rockers 40th anniversary, but really it's my birthday party. And everybody was like, oh, it was, yeah. I was like, this is the coolest birthday party ever.
0: Yeah, I think so. Wow. 300, 400 people coming together to celebrate that, just that amazing history. You know, I was uh, going through the, I don't know how many episodes, maybe I didn't dig deep enough, but I did watch the episode of the Renegade Rockers that, um, I think it was Lilu and was it right that did it? It was for, it might've been for BC one. I'm not sure, but oh, just yeah. going back and, you know, the first generation and uh, I, I had a question about if you still have the sessions as private, I, if I remember that correctly, like the, the rehearsals, like it, they weren't open up to the public, how they, like how some people do them now. So is that still a thing? Um, how is um. that, how is that going now with the, you know subsequent generations the training and what yeah. stayed the same and what's changed
1: besides obviously time yeah you took it back that's the crew code what you saw um but uh no they're, they're right now every every practice is open practice unless a certain crew is preparing for a show or for a battle but typically nowadays everybody shows up and we're all friends it's <laughs> very different than the early 90s you used to be really secretive about your practices you wouldn't let no no outsiders in if they were not part of the crew then they were really a close friend and you trusted them but other than that it was really uh secretive back in the 90s now it's like you got people hitting hitting uh everyone up from overseas asking hey where's the open practices at it's it's just everybody just wants to share the vibe now which is really cool too
0: yeah, the the collective um community is such a great thing and um mm-hmm. I believe that there's abundance all around. So sh- being in that space of sharing everybody wins. So it's not this, you know, I know we we have the the battles and competition and all different types of things, but um it's a it's a different mindset and a different energy that happens when you're in a abundance sharing community, you know, creative collaborative mindset. Like I love all of that, which is why I said all of that. Absolutely. What has held this, you know, what has held it all together like 40 years is it's, it's mm. that's, that's again, it's quite the longevity, like quite the the legacy. Like this is a legacy that's that has been built and is continuing.
1: Yeah, it basically with the Renegade Rockers our history, we just feel like we're obligated to inspire the Bay Area, not just the world, but the Bay Area you know, cause that's where we're from. Um, and you know, the older we get, we want to pass down our experience and our, our ways of, uh, breaking and, and battling and, and letting people into our crew, our, uh, basically their family members once, once they get into the crew. So yeah, it was really cool to have the, some of the OGs there and, and to talk to them and to hear their stories and how, how they used to battle other crews on, on the sidewalk and, and that's what we want to do with our uh, experience as a second generation, third generation. We want to keep passing it on.
0: Yeah. What's just amazing when I was watching it, I was getting excited, like, oh my gosh, I get to talk to him about this tomorrow. <laughs> this is so great. Like, but it's, um, yeah. dance has come such a long way with the way that the public perceives it. Um, breaking has mm-hmm. come, a, a, obviously because it's going to be part of the Olympics, so right, since we're talking right. about Olympics, how did that happen with you becoming an, an advisor? And you were recently in Paris, too. So I wanted to ask you about that.
1: Right. Yeah, well, Flowmaster was the head coach at the time, and he uh, gave me a call and asked me if I wanted to assist him. And I thought it'd be a great opportunity to share our experience um, with Team USA, with the, with the athletes, with the breakers. So it was an, an opportunity I couldn't pass up.
0: And what has that been like prepping, like how have the the meetings been? What's, you know, what has,
1: what has the whole process been like being involved in that? Oh gosh, the whole process is, it's it's a chaotic path. It's a, <laughs> you, you know, you gotta, you gotta gosh. really be cut out for this, this trajectory for the Olympics. There's a lot of sacrifice. Uh, some of the athletes have quit their jobs and and dedicated everything into the qualification events, into training. Battling against the best in the world, leading up to the Olympics, it's 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 not an easy it's not an easy road. It's a lot of uh it's, it's, like I said, it's a lot of dedication, a lot of sacrifice. Do you think if this was
0: available back uh, back in the nineties, you know, early two thousands, you think you would have been pursuing going to the Olympics?
1: Nah. <laughs> 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 Absolutely. If we had this chance. When I first when I was in my prime, of course, I I would have loved it. I wanted to be a gymnast and um, that didn't work out. So I started breaking. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. If if we had this opportunity in the 90s, oh, my goodness. Who who knows if I would have had some gold medals? I mean, I have I have nothing to I, I, I like everything that I've done is I, I love what I did and what I had to go through. But now that this generation has the opportunity to compete in the Olympics, I mean, we have, we have breakers in all over the world that are Olympians right now, the ones that qualified. You know, there's, there's a, a lot of other breakers that still need to secure a spot. But for the people that have secured a spot, they, they made history. They're Olympians. So it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's an awesome um, opportunity for um, the world to see what we do
0: yeah it's the anticipation is quite exciting building up to it as well i'm sure with you with you know you're behind the scenes as well and in the forefront and so and then people like us that are audience you know anticipating it's just going to be really great to see that so um i'm looking forward to seeing how how all that um evolves now and then also in the future because it's it's it this won't be the last time obviously but um
1: we'll see about that (laughs) Why do you say that? Uh, It's just a lot of moving pieces that, um, let's just say it's a a chaotic uh, world. And and for breaking to be in the 2024 Olympics is a, what a blessing that is. Because we don't know if we'll ever get on that stage again. And what I try to tell everybody is embrace this moment because we don't know. You know, unfortunately, we got word that LA 2028, the 2028 Olympics will be in LA. They're not going to have breaking in it. So it, it was really a, a a sad announcement that we heard kind of just took us back. Like, what just happened? You know, and because um, there's a lot of athletes that won't be able to make it this time around in Paris, they're they're going to want to be preparing for 2028 in LA. And now that there's, now that they uh, aren't going to have breaking in it, it's just really discouraging. Did they say why? Cricket took our spot. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I think cricket beat us to it. Well, I you don't would know. think
0: LA because LA is such a hub of dance period that you would think that they would have it.
1: And it's in the states, you know, the birthplace of hip hop, the birthplace of breaking. It's just wild to us, but um, you know, we just have to make sure that we do our best for twenty twenty four. That's it. And things can always change. There's absolutely things
0: can change. So um, yeah, at least... yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely, because I know people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do.
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't. Yeah
0: S- Speaking of chaotic, um. <laughs> I have to mention the movie you got served because you are my third guest oh. on the oh, podcast. Hey. That's that is affiliated with the movie. So I had epi- my first, the, my first, uh, not my first episode, but episode eight. I had Chris Jones, the actor. Okay, I had yeah. uh, crumbs on episode two twenty one, and now oh, I'm sorry you. to hear
1: that.
0: You said you're sorry to hear that.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. to No, that's a joke. That's a joke.
0: I know. <laughs> so uh, speaking wow. of chaotic. So. What what is your experience working on commercial sets like that, movies and videos and film? Like, do you like it? Do you not like it? Would you do if you know? How would you advise someone that is wanting to do that?
1: Well, that lifestyle is is cutthroat. Um, Every audition is pretty much like a battle to us. We're used to battling. So every audition, we treated it like a battle. And and a funny story is when we got called for this audition, I get there, I see all the B-boys and B-girls and all the dancers. We do our audition. We call, we're called up and everyone's breaking and um, flipping off the walls and just doing all kinds of crazy things. And after we were done, I didn't get picked. I didn't get picked. It was really crazy. that The choreographer, Dave Scott, um, said that he wanted to see some real break, like the real breaking. We want to see some real B-boy-ish. So I'm thinking in my head, all right, well, they want to see some real breaking. I'm going to do the illest footwork. I'm going to swag him out with the character, the detail. Um, and that's exactly what I did, and I didn't get picked. So, uh. Everyone else got picked though. Everyone else got picked. I was the only one that didn't get picked. Um later that night we had a show with the Groovaloos at the at the key club. And we had a battle scene with Crumbs and um several other people. And for my solo in the battle, I was so upset that I, I gave everybody the smoke. I was just I, I went over. You know, the number was about to finish. I was still out there. Um and after the show was over. There was a guy at the bar who who wanted to talk to me. Uh, Do Not told me. He said, hey, man, this guy over there wearing that jacket wants to talk to you. I said, who? Who? Why? You know, I'm ready to go home. Um, So when I come off stage, he introduces us, and um, it's Billy Polina. He's the producer of the movie. He said, hey, that was, that was awesome what you did up there. I want you to be in my movie. Come to the set tomorrow. I said, what movie? He said, you got served. <laughs> I said, wait a minute, y'all, I auditioned today, y'all didn't pick me. He said, don't worry about it, come to the set tomorrow, you're in the movie. And that's how I got in.
0: <laughs> wow. Most people don't know that, right?
1: Uh, no, they don't know that. I, I mean, unless we're talking about it, and then I tell them the story. But um, yeah, at first, I didn't get picked.
0: Interesting. Right. So again, another example of how things can change, and
1: you just don't know what's going to happen. Right. Right. Exactly. So when I get to the set, Dave Scott was like, man, why didn't you do that yesterday? Because during the show, during the show, I did the power moves. I was doing head spins and all kinds of stuff. And he was just like, you didn't do that yesterday. What happened? And, you know, me back then, I was really shy and just kind of just like, I don't know. I just didn't know what to say. But I was on set and the rest is history.
0: (laughs) Wow. Thank yep. you for sharing that. So did you enjoy your time filming for that movie?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh B2K, they were amazing to work with, super cool. Um, you know, typically a lot of a lot of stars don't want to hang around the cast or or the dancers, but they were all about it. We were joking around. We, you know, they took us on tour. Um, all the all the scenes that we did, all the battles it was it was all fun, and even though we had to do it all day, I think we did the same scene at least thirty times until we moved on to the next one and um that was really tough because all of those takes that we did had to be hundred and ten percent every take and you know luckily, I was in my prime back then, and so we could go, but now that I'm older and I look. I look at it and, and and um there's no way I I would have been able to do that today. I mean we were there fifteen hours, sixteen hours, and um yeah, you just never know when you have to be ready. Which means you always had to be ready. Always. <laughs> Even if, if they gave us a break, sometimes it would be for five minutes for a set change or, or changing the cameras around, moving them around. And, and then uh, they would be like, all right, we need the breakers. We need them right now, right now. You know, we just have to turn it on real quick and go. Otherwise you was out of here.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. It was, I just remember the, like, I remember watching that movie. I was um, not back in dance yet. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I just I'm loving like watching it. And, and it's funny because um, when I interviewed crumbs, um, I did not because I interviewed him because he won the 40 at 40 and over at um, right. freestyle uh, freestyle session. And right. I was like, I don't know this guy, but this is interesting. He's 40 over and you know, I I resonate with with that being older and being in dance and stuff. And um, then I come to find out that he's in all these things. And I'm like, I watched oh, yeah. all these things. And that was him. And you know, and now, you know, I didn't know that you were in the movie and I'm like, this is my third person on the podcast. So I have to mention it. But anyway, thank you so much for sharing that. Absolutely. Did, uh, did um, that make you more excited about doing that kind of work in that world? Or did you, you know, you've done so much stuff. So, like, what, how did it inform the, the next things that you did after that movie?
1: Yeah, that was really exciting to, you know, to be in a film and to see yourself on the big screen at a theater. And after that, it was like, "Okay, what else? How am I going to top this? You're breakers in a feature film. Usually, breakers will get half a second on a music video, but in the movie, they put all of our sets in there, all of our rounds, complete rounds. there was no chops, it was different angles, but it was the same round, and they showed everything. so to us, that meant the world like that was really rare in." in the industry to show a complete round of what the breakers do. So after that, I don't know. I I just, I was kind of like, so what's next? Um, How do you top this? And around that time, I was kind of transitioning into uh, music production. So it was kind of like closing a chapter and moving on to the next one which you know kind of worked out perfectly because we're in a feature film and I'm thinking to myself there's no way we can top this this is let me just focus on music now.
0: And you're still focusing on music. You've you've done quite yeah. a bit for a number of artists and how do you feel about that versus do you do you feel that that's like separate from your your dance career or it's how do you Look at it now, now being older and doing other things that you're doing. You know, you're a professor now at Texas State, and I'm going to ask you about that. But (laughs) how do you, how is that, how does music play, you know, now in your career?
1: Yeah, you know, when I first started making music, I totally paused on dancing and going to practice. And, you know, now that I think about it, I didn't have to do that. I could have done both, but I was so focused on wanting to learn how to make music, I just wanted to put 100% into that. And that kind of um threw me off. You know, I'm a Libra. I got to do it all. I got to maintain a balance. So for for about 2 years, I focused on music production. I wasn't breaking anymore. Um I would show up to practice here and there, but it wasn't like before. I used to be in it every day. I used to be practicing every day. Um, hours and hours, but now that shifted into music. And um, I realized that, you know, being a dancer helps you understand what music should sound like for the dancer. And uh, yeah, I realized a lot, like it was a mistake to stop dancing. But Mm. now, now I've, I understand that there's a balance and it keeps me it keeps me interested in in the challenge. Like, would I dance to this? Like, I just made this dope beat. I think it's dope. <laughs> but let me, but let me like really listen to it, and I'll listen to it for twenty minutes straight. I'll just keep looping it, and I'll walk around. I'll I'll try some moves here. You see, I got the linoleum back there. I'll try some moves to it, and if I'm not feeling it, then I gotta delete the project. Just gotta get rid of it. So now it's like. Yeah, that was dumb for me to stop dancing because I wouldn't, I wasn't testing anything. I wouldn't go listen to it. I wouldn't break to it. I would just make more beats. Mm. You know, so when people would hear my beats back in the day, they would say, "Man, you got a lot going on in this track. <laughs> I don't know what to follow. You got so many things. Listen to this track. Would you dance to it?" And uh, my friend King Tech from uh, the Wake Up Show, Swain Tech, I would always go to Tech's house and bring him beats. And he would just be like, man, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you got like 30 leads in here. We don't know what to do. We don't need, know whether to feel happy or to feel like a gangster. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So that took, you know, some time to for me to develop and understand what he meant because I had all these ideas in my head and I just mushed it all into one track.
0: So now, so, now that you have that that hindsight, and with um like with your coaching, are you able now to really hone in on your students in terms of approaching musicality in a in a very unique way? Like, I, what I really loved about um I loved a lot of things about taking your workshop at Historic Filipinos is. The attention to detail, whether it was a gesture with a hand or with uh, a certain um, way that you're moving, like little things I thought were really, really critical with what you said. And and I've taken breaking classes before and um, there wasn't – there's like, of course, the the technicality of it, but there wasn't that other detail that honors you as a person, your uniqueness, which I really appreciated yeah. that you you went into that. So,
1: Oh, that's awesome. I'm happy to hear that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's great. And I can imagine – with now, you know, with your music background, your experience and now with Breakbook, all of that like just together, I'm sure, is such a great comprehensive approach to training the dancer that wants like the complete, you know, experience. Do you find Absolutely. that your your students glom onto that or are they just like, oh, just teach me the tricks? Like just teach me how to do like really, you know, really <laughs> great head spins or something?
1: Yeah, that's that's uh it's a bittersweet thing, you know, once they sign on to the break book because from one, they're like, Oh my goodness, B-boy wicked's my coach now. I'ma learn like this. I'm gonna learn, I'm gonna battle, I'm a gonna, I'ma gonna do the next competition and I'ma win. Wicked is my coach. But really it's the other way around. It's it's like it's, this is gonna take some time to develop. You're not gonna learn like this. You know, I'm gonna break down everything that you have and tell you what needs to be stripped away and how to make these adjustments for you to be success successful in competition if I'm your coach. So when I break it down to them, they realize, oh my goodness, my musicality isn't sharp. Oh, I missed that. I didn't even hear that that instrument. And, you know, that's where my music production skills come into play is because I can make beats for them that just have horn hits or that just have A certain instrument, and I'll tell them, All right, let me see you break just to that. And then send me the video so we can review it. And then they're like, Oh, I've never done that before. And I'm like, Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like for for each breaker that signs up, it's different. It's a different program for everybody. It's not like a copy and paste. And uh, early on, I thought it'd be easier to do that, but I realized everyone's different, they have their own schedule. They have their own skill set, body type, um, uh, practice. It's it's just really, once I realize that it can't be a copy and paste, it's like when I create a program for you, I'm really studying what you have and what you need and how to execute. And it's a puzzle. It's a puzzle. It's, It's not easy to do. Like sometimes I look at the things that I'm writing down for a certain breaker and I'm like, I don't know if I could ever teach this. <laughs> and, you know, the things, what's what's crazy is the programs that I create, I've never taught before. So not only is the athlete or the breaker learning, I'm learning as a coach as well because there's no handbook for this. There's no manual for the break book. I'm just trying to figure out, okay, how do we create this pathway for you? It's crazy. <laughs>
0: But the fact that you're aware of that that you've you've had to navigate and adjust, i mean that says a lot mm. about you as a coach that really is you know that you care and you want to bring the best out of your students so that says a lot
1: absolutely absolutely that's that's you know the goal the goal is to do my job as a coach and to get better with different programs and to learn different techniques different exercises flow flow master my teacher he really showed me the ropes uh from watching him pretty much he gave me a guideline on on how to maneuver within the program and once i started to get the hang of it then i started to throw my sauce on it like okay let's try let's try some power here what if you throw your hand right here instead or what if you spin the other way or what if you slide here you know then it was just sky was the limit but all that is is uh Shout out to Flo for for showing me the ropes for that.
0: You know, I met him briefly. I didn't realize how um, prominent he was in the scene. Um, I met him oh. very briefly at this event called, I forgot what it was called, but I covered it on my podcast. It was for celebrating oh. funk music and funk and locking, oh, yeah. and it was at Creatington like a couple years ago, and so okay. there was a lot of OGs, and he was, and Mosel's, I have to say most of those people I didn't know, <laughs> so it was yeah. like- I know you're a big deal, but I really don't know who you are. And and then I had to research, and I'm like, wow, this is crazy. So,
1: yeah, yeah, Flo flow is the man. I mean, he he is the one that is responsible for breakers getting onto music videos with breaking routines. He would book a job with like Will Smith or Christina Aguilera, and the the choreographer would tell him, hey. We need three more breakers. Do you know three more breakers? So he would always call Crumbs, Remind, Me. Um, and we would always do these jobs with him. So he was already like putting breaking on the map as far as in the industry. He was the first one to really make that bubble. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's cr- I didn't know that either. So here's new information that I didn't know about him. I just yeah. knew that he was – I didn't realize he was so instrumental in um, –
1: Absolutely, leading yeah. the
0: pathway there. So,
1: mm-hmm. what
0: I really appreciate too is, um, in watching some of the videos and just you talking about your experiences, how much, um, you honor your your teachers. Like you're talking about flow and just you know the the influences. And I think it's really important that you give um, credit to where. Mm you know where where you've been influenced and uh even a coach of mine he was uh talking with other people and he's and he said it really gets to him when people say oh i'm a self-made man or i'm a self-made woman <laughs> like i did this all on my own and he's like no you didn't you
1: didn't do this on your own get out of here So it really,
0: it really bothers him when people don't honor, you know, their influences and their teachers and, and people that have made such an impact. So I really appreciate that you've, um, you know, since, you know, meeting you and the way that you've taught and all the things that you've, um, just expressed, there's always some kind of reference and honor to people that have gone before you. And that sets a really great example.
1: Absolutely. I, I, I mean, I'm a really shy person. I don't like to be in front of thousands of people 20 people talking, doing a show. I'm just so used to it. But you know, the people that got me to where I am is you know, that means the world to to talk about them and you know, Renegade Rockers, Octaviano Flowmaster, King Tech, um Bradley Shoes from the Groovaloos. uh I mean, the the list goes on. Uh, we have to give them their flowers. Cuz cuz Honestly, I ain't shit without them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that you said you're shy. I would have never guessed that you were a shy person. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. I, I, I always hated performing and and talking to people, and um, but now it's like I have to share my experience. I have to talk about it because I, I I'm I'm useless without sharing it. You know, because I know what it's like to. Have information withheld. As a young breaker, I would be around uh, veterans that wouldn't teach us. They would just keep us around and kind of keep us around for a vibe, you know, but not really show us anything. So I know what that's like, and it's a terrible feeling. So I'm I'm the opposite. I want to teach people. That's why I made sure you stayed. <laughs>
0: No, I really had no <laughs> plans to I was going to be done with my workshop and just enjoy the rest of the event, which I did. But I'm so glad that you convinced me to stick around. That was really just a, a, a an experience. I'll always remember, yeah. remember, and to the fact where I'm like, I got to take his class, like I, I need to take his class, because it'll only inform my movement, period. Like anytime you're diving into any other form, Movement approach. It only helps you grow, especially if you yeah. are, you know, you consider yourself a student,
1: which I do. So, um, yeah, you made yeah, you did great. You Thank did you. great. I, I was like, wait a minute, are you really holding this baby freeze right now? I mean, <laughs> you did great. Thank you. I'm glad you, I'm glad you, That you means stay. a lot. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, speaking of classes and training, um, do your students at the university call you Professor Wicket?
1: Oh my goodness. It's so weird to hear that. It is so weird. I have to be like, that's when I'm like, wait a minute. Say that again. My mic wasn't on. Say that again. You know, it, it's just, I have to hear it because I would never have imagined that I would be teaching at a university, Texas State University. Luckily, um, I have the experience, you know, over 30 years of breaking, but I would have never thought that. I'd be te- teaching kids in in college. It's just, you know, for one thing. Um, shout out to my my home girl Krista. She's the one who got me involved. We performed in a show together here in Austin, Texas, and she was already teaching there. She wanted to bring me in as a guest, and we just couldn't connect. I was too busy. She was, you know, the dates that she was asking for, I was out of town or something. And and last year, um, she hit me up again. This was a few years later now, and uh, it just worked out because I I was free for the, well, when she first asked me, hey, I want to bring you in, but would you be open to teaching an entire semester? I was like, wait, 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 Chris, wait, 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 what? You want me to teach an entire semester? I don't even know how long that is. (laughs) She said, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'm going to show you everything. I'm going to, you know, you'll be fine. You'll be perfect. They'll love you. And and I'm sitting here like, I'm like on my phone, like how long is a semester? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I mean, that semester was an awesome experience. Um, the people call me professor. It just doesn't, I'm like, wait a minute. I am a professor, but wait a minute. What? <laughs> Yeah, it's just weird. It's so weird, but Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Do you still have them
0: br- uh wear badges for accountability? <laughs> did I tell you that? No, I you know I did my research.
1: Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, that that what that's man, that's funny. <laughs> you know, now that I think of it, who who would do that? You know you, yeah, right, yeah. So some of the students they'll they'll walk by the class, uh, and they'll say, "Hey, professor, we still got our badges. Look." You know they'll come in, and I'm just like, "Oh my goodness, that's just so amazing." But now I, uh, I gave them other things like I give them stickers, like oh, like this you got serve sticker. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So I, I I just gave them stickers just to kind of like hey, you know yeah it, it is me. See look it is me. You know because a lot of them are like are you sure that was you and you know because I've never heard of it and you know a lot of them haven't heard of the movie or seen it. So um, I I didn't do the badge thing this time, but um, that's I I totally forgot about that. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> what is what what is the um the syllabus like for a semester do you go do you do history first and then go like do you separate out like we're just going to focus on top rock we're going to focus on floor like how do you yeah how do you um create the syllabus
1: yeah exactly like that in the first semester i did too much um i put too much on them you know i wanted them to do top rock footwork we're doing combinations and we're learning about curtis blow and who the first (laughs) dj is and it was just too much information, and I realized that they they have other classes. <laughs> and I told Krista, I said, "Hey, uh, a lot of the students they they just look overwhelmed, and they they're they're really nervous about their grade." And once she told me that, hey, you know, there's a lot that you're packing in for one week at a time. Why don't you cut these things up and and spread them out through the entire semester? And I said, you know what, that does make sense. And, it, it, and I didn't realize that they're too busy to practice after class. Like the only time they break is if I give them homework or, or just when they show up to class. So once I started to strip down these uh, each week, then it became fun for them and for me because I was thinking like by the end of the semester, y'all going to be battling, competing. <laughs> And that was just, yeah, that was crazy. So it's just really, it's really simple. Like one week we'll just work on top rock and footwork. Another week we'll work on how to create transitions, how to hold freezes. And uh, before we start the class, I'll have them all sit and cipher with me and we'll just talk about history of hip hop. When was it created? Who who created the scratch? What song is this? You know, and so I, I try to make it, um, different every time. I don't. I don't try to have a structured week because I, I. I like. I like for this syllabus to breathe. You know, I, I don't want to be like, okay, it's got to be like this, 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 and this week we do this. Sometimes we'll skip way ahead, mm-hmm. and then I'll be like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, get off your head, get off your head. <laughs> and they're like, I can do it. I can do it. I'm like, get down right now.
0: Oh my goodness. It sounds like such a fun class. How many students on average do you have? Does it just depends on the semester?
1: Oh, it's so much fun. I tell them every time after class, I'm like, man, I don't know. I might get fired after this class. Cause we had, we're having too much fun. I mean, we're learning, right? We're learning at the same time I'm learning. Um, and, uh, wait, what was the question? I'm sorry.
0: Oh, if it, how many students you have, and oh. does it depend on, uh, the semester?
1: Um there's the limit for each class is eighteen. And for the first semester I had eighteen students. This this uh semester I'm teaching two classes, hip hop one and two, and we have about uh I say eighteen in one and maybe fourteen in the other. So it's 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 a it's a good group. It's a big group. Wouldn't it be awesome
0: to have this
1: at every university? What? <laughs> you know, how awesome would it be to create a college league of breaking competitions? Breakers practice at universities anyway, right? We People do it here in Austin at, at UT. Uh, how awesome would that be? It's just, uh, you know, some, maybe someday that'll happen. We'll see. More possibilities. The, Absolutely. The Olympics and... So with um,
0: mm-hmm. the other dance forms, what else have you done? What else interests you in terms of other dance forms? Oh,
1: gosh, other dance forms. I love it all. Um, I mean, I'm not great at any other dance. Form. I mean, I love I wish I was a popper. I love Pop and Pete. I love Mr. Wiggles, the electric boogaloos. Um, I wish I could pop, but I just I just don't have that coordination and that funk that they have. It's just that I'm too stiff from from breaking, <laughs> hmm, interesting, you know, and I love locking, I love locking as well, you know, uh, just anything with funky movement, interesting movement, I'm a fan of I love it all ballet, uh lyrical, modern, I love it all Because uh, i I appreciate the the artistry, the athleticism and the faithful practices to these dances, you know it's just uh it just reminds me of how hard I got to work to maintain and to perform and to compete and, and to be free with uh movement. So, but yeah, I wish I could lock. I wish I could pop. Um, those are the two main dances that I wish I could do.
0: <laughs> if you were to describe your mood, how you're feeling right now in a dance style, what would that dance style be? And why? Um, I would call
1: it free because, um, you know, for over forty years, I I hid myself. I was ashamed of who I was. You know, being a gay breaker early on is very is terrifying. So, I tried to camouflage everything that I was around. Like I tried to be like Ken Swift. I tried to be like Storm, Mr. Wiggles, uh, Crazy Legs, and all these people. And I used their style. I would learn their style and do it just like them to camouflage my own personality. And so when I would see myself on video, uh, like if I did a judge showcase or a performance, it, it was always cringing. Like I could not watch it because I wasn't satisfied. It wasn't how they looked. And I kept trying and trying and trying to look like them, but it just wasn't quite what I wanted to see and it's because I can't there's only one Ken Swift there's only one you know so um you know long story short 40 years later I'm like okay are you gonna keep doing this you're gonna keep lying to people you're gonna keep lying to yourself it's time you're about to be 40 you know so um once I turned 41 that's when I came out I up until this time, I would write songs just about how I felt and would put it away in a folder. And <laughs> it's funny because when I turned 40, I, I saw the folder. I had like seven songs in there. so almost at an album. So, you know, I was really gearing up to come out at 40, but I chickened out. I chickened out. I was like, ah, I can't do it. Not yet. Not yet. I can't do it. So, by the time I turned 41, I was looking at myself in the mirror, would be talking to myself, okay, you couldn't do it last year. You're about to be 41 now. Can you do it now? And I was finally okay with it. And I was like, okay, I can do it now. And I published the song, put it out there, and I just felt like, oh my goodness, how, how do I feel right? I felt like so much lighter and so much happier. And it was just uh, like a new chapter in my life. Like, finally, I can be me and dance the way I want to dance. So now every time I see footage of myself, I can't stop watching it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's a good thing. It should be that way, right? Yeah. As artists, we yeah. should be proud of, of the work that we put out, our expression, because it's uniquely us,
1: right? Absolutely, yeah. So it's it's just... Uh, you know, realizing that I could have had this, this much fun early on. Yeah, of course, but I had to go through that to get where I'm at right now. So everyone has their journey. My journey took 41 years.
0: (laughs) All timely, all, all in the the appropriate divine time. So um, is there any last words that you'd like to say?
1: Last words, let's see. First of all, thank you, Annette, for having me on your show. This is such an honor. It's and, my honor. Uh, thank you. Oh no, no, no. This is this is great. I, I love telling my story, sharing my experience experiences, and um, you know, if anyone out there is a breaker or any anybody in hip hop, if you feel like, you know, you're just like me and you wanna come out take your time. You know, if it took me 41 years, you have to, what I learned is I have to be okay with doing it. I can't have people force me and tell me it's okay. I had to be okay with it. So, um, not, not to say that, you know, don't take too long now. I mean, don't wait forever. You know, at some point you got to come out, but, um, you just got to make sure you're ready to do it. Ask a lot of questions. Um, I'm here too, you know, if you want, if you want to reach out to me, uh, at bboy Wicket on IG, if you want to talk about, uh, my experience coming out, I'm there, but, um, that's about it. Yeah. I I hope we could do this. I hope we could do part two. <laughs> I would
0: absolutely love to do part two. And in the meantime, if y'all want more amazing information on all the things, that he does go to the breakbook.com and also bboywickedbeats.com. I'll have them in the show notes, and we are out. We out of here. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to this podcast session. Remember, you are valuable, your dreams are important, and it's never too late to be great.